I was reviewing a uh, white paper today. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say reviewing. I was reading one. And uh, it was one of those, you know, your industry should care a lot about the software. And I was reading through it. Uh, and it was on the topic of banking. And uh, there are, you know, the usual claims of like you, you, uh, you need to focus on customer experience and speed and all of that. And then uh, in my review notes, I was writing like, is this is this like true? And <laughs> in, in, in the category of banking, because I was uh, I've been thinking. Well, not that I have been thinking this, but it reminded me of something I thought at some point is like, I think, uh, you know, I've signed up for the uh, the banking startups here and there. I have an account and uh, uh, I've seen what they do. And like you go you go look at an online banking, you know, a banking startup and like they just have a cool UI. Like they don't really like do very much. And, and you know, like like maybe maybe it's like this is some sort of old guy syndrome. But like the the competitive feature I want from a bank is a higher interest rate. <laughs> like like I, like you know now now somebody's now, doing that though, right? Now sure. Now now the thing is, okay, sure. I would like the software to act, and this is the point that I'm getting towards, I think. I would like the software to like be good, right? Like you do you ever use the UFCU app, Brandon? I do, it's not very good. Yeah, and they oh. recently switched to a new app. is It's worse, right? <laughs> like, and so, so their software is. I mean, listen, I've been a customer for theirs for a long time. They're 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 great people, but just let me say, their software is atrocious. It's terrible, right? <laughs> are, they, are, are they still running running the uh, the Funds Express two thousand three build? Something like. I mean, you can tell that they are just using some. I mean, hopefully, it's not like a, a VMware Tanzu customer, but they're using some like you know white label software, and it's just like it might as well be in like written in Adobe Flex or something, Ooh. right? Like it's just very. I do like the rich clients. It's very shoddy. So like they could have better software and that would be enjoyable for me, right? Like you one thing that no bank has that I've looked at is like I would just like an iOS 14 widget that shows me how much money I got. Like they all they all <laughs> like a little all, spinning counter. Yeah, they all want to show me like an S&P index and I'm like the fuck do I care? Right? Like I don't need to know what the S&P is. I want to know how much money I have. But right? no, some like, of the credit cards they now I do have a couple that will ask you if you want to see your like outstanding ballasts like on your login screen. I've seen that where you can like, yeah opt into okay. that yeah yeah yeah. My, my yeah. bank has has quick account view. Like as soon as I open it, it just has you know pick, choose one of you know one of right, three right. accounts. But 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 I but I mean I mean in like you know like a a, a widget that you have you don't have a you don't have an eye. You, you just want to see you you yeah. want to see like. Your lock screen just show like Cote's got seven thousand dollars in checking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not <laughs> so not not, not, the, not the not the lock screen, but you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, the widget. I mean, you want on you want a new, nice little widget you yeah, can put on iOS. Uh huh. See, you got you got widgets. Yeah. On an iPad widgets. over here, right? Like you yep, had yep. those on Android forever, but you go over and like I just want a widget that shows me like net worth. Or yeah. like you know my cash, but they all want to show me like some index. See if I got a widget for that. So where, so, where anyways, I'm, I'm distracting myself. But like so, I I have City, and I guess they don't. You know, it's for my credit cards. But my whole point is that like I was thinking, it's not that these that there's like uh, disruptive competition from these bank startups because like, I mean, I just want a better interest rate, right? Like it's it's that maybe. The software that incumbent banks use is just not good, 
and like and and also that their their estate is not set up well enough for them to be able to make better software and now i was comparing like i also use there's two other financial institutions that i use for various reasons one i use uh well i guess there's three because everyone uses fidelity right so you're gonna have that and I don't know. I don't interact with the Fidelity app enough. Like that's one, right? So you got Fidelity for your 401k. Fidelity has like a widget or something. And it just, it doesn't tell you anything you would care about. It's just Whoa. like, you, <laughs> you, you're, you're my, just, my bank you're, has a widget. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're just like, so if I have a 401k at Fidelity, right? One, I only have one thing with Fidelity, right? I'm going to have that 401k that my company uh, forces me to have. What gentlemen, what is the one thing you want to know about your Fidelity account? There's one thing, right? What is that? The balance. You want to know how much your 401k is currently worth, right? Can you don't want to know. Can I retire? Anything That's else. all I want to know. Yeah, well, so, okay, Mr. Advanced Guy. Maybe that's the <laughs> widget that's like, takes up, you No, know, I just two. want a widget that says, yes, no. Can I retire? Yes, done. That's good. You know, I have, I have one widget that Chris Dancy, the most connected man in the world, uh, Went over. I forget what it's called, but it basically is an estimate of how long you have left to live, and oh, it's really fun. Fantastic, if you, if, you man. Track, if you if you track your exercise, like when it syncs up, it'll be like, "Congratulations, you added 15 minutes to your life." And uh, <laughs> I think I'm somewhere around 37 years or something. But, anyways, you know, so I've only used the UFCU app, which is just garbage. Uh, don't get me wrong; it does the job. But it's it's no, just but let's like, not let off. It's garbage. It is, yeah. it is awful. Yes. And then and then I got the Fidelity app, which is okay. I don't know. And then I have uh, I've got a Charles Schwab app. Charles Schwab app's actually pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. And then I have uh, an E Trade app because VMware manages your uh, employee equity in E Trade. They used to do it in Schwab, which is great. The E Trade app, I don't know. I could take it or leave it. Like it is a little like a little strange it's gotten a little bit better i think i think the e-trade app suffers from it's trying to do everything and assumes you know what all these this jargon is right like yeah. like here another example like, like with e-trade you know i'm lucky enough to be able to like uh exercise my options and equity like i want a button that's just like sell this shit i don't care what it is give me cash and put it in my bank account right like instead i go through this whole thing I just want one button that is like sell everything possible right now and don't ask me questions. But instead it goes through this workflow of like, do you want a wire or a check? You know, how much, you know, how, enter in how many you want to sell and then do this. And it's just like overly convoluted. But like, so I think, I think the Schwab one is pretty good as far as software goes. However, I don't use that as a bank. So I don't know what that would be like. Uh, but my theory now is that it's not so much that these bank startups come along and it's just like they're totally like rocking the brains of the business models of the banking world. Because I was reading some bank got funded and they kind of listed out the things that they do. And it was just like, well, here, I should just bring that up. It was just like, you know, sort of like cool bank stuff, but it wasn't anything like, wow, I've, I've never thought of doing that with banks. It was like mobile banking apps. Free overdrafts, no minimum balance requirement, faster direct deposit, instant spending notification, banking insights, check deposit using your phone's camera, and now standard baseline feature. You know, it's just like most of these are business features, right? But doesn't this that, kind of go back to like last week's conversation about monitoring? 
right? It's kind of the same thing. It's like, listen, we all know there's a core set of features. Like, of course, the bank would like to offer you higher interest rates, but they won't yeah. be profitable if they do that. So all they're left with is to kind of just re-roll the whole exactly. thing. New user experience, easier deposits, uh, you know, just the normal stuff, just like monitoring. All we can do at the end of the day in monitoring is we just pull data back and build you some graphs and alert you. That's it. Now there's this, nothing, that, that's, there's nothing left for you, us to do. That's exactly the point that I keep not going to. I keep circling around <laughs> it. Is that like, so I kind of sort of think when it comes to banks, the issue is just that they just, uh, their, their, their software situation is not in a good enough position where they can like do very much. But like the, it just takes them a long time left. to add features in. Well, well, all, sure. all, all we really care about at the end of the day is is making more interest, and that's where they can't compete. Right. Yeah. Right. But because, to be fair here, right? the stuff we're talking I, about I guess, is, is, I guess is paid I, I, on the margins. Right. 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 I, is, I guess. I guess the the reason I walk through so that's probably the case. The reason I walk through all the bank things I use is. I only have one retail banking app, which is garbage. So I haven't experienced a good retail banking app, but I hope it's out there. I guess I have Capital One, but I haven't logged into that. In but a I have long to say time. that I would say they're all average at this point. Like Ally Bank is pretty good for like you know high interest savings. Capital One, which acquired ING, at least here in the U.S., that one. Like all of the apps, a lot of them, the major, the really large banks, I would say Bank of America. I've touched that one a little bit. It's like they're all fine. I mean, they're much better than the UFCU app. But you do yeah. kind of get to a point where it's like, oh, you, once you get beyond, like, I can make a deposit, I can view my balance, I can, um, you know, transfer money. You know, at the end of the day, it's like once once there's sort of a, a threshold where they're all just become average. None of them become, if you will, exciting to use. Right. I think it's well, the same thing with the cash app, Venmo. Uh, I know Google Google offered their new Google Pay thing. It's like once you get a, a group of people that can like either send you money or receive money. It kind of doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter what and, the new app does. It's just the same workflow. So, yeah. So, so, so two things. First, I installed the widget for USA, my, my bank. It's good. Shows me those balances and it shows oh. me recent transactions. You um, get the balances. I get, I get like, you know, some carrot IDX bullshit. And, and I got to, I got to pick which accounts to show balances for, so oh. it was actually configurable because I got like you know savings accounts for the kids and you know four hundred one ks and all that junk. But the, you know, so the f first thing is yeah, USA pretty good. But the second thing is like the ones who we don't see are the ones who fall out, right? So you know the table stakes just get higher and higher, which means the barrier for entry for any sort of like startup to you know revolutionize all this stuff is even harder because like all the like you know the ui improvements are all taken up by these fast followers none of them are, are innovators they're all followers right so yeah. we're, we're exactly where we were with monitoring where everyone's startup is really just a feature for you know for you know the next round of of mobile banking or online banking and <laughs> which leads us to Google's big announcement of, you know, oh, we're all in on money and payments again. It's like, dude, what do you think you're going to do that's different? You know? Yeah. This yeah, is another yeah. death by Google, you know, serving it up. That one, the, uh, uh, the Google Pay. I, so I did, like, watch the video and review the announcement. That seems like one of those products completely designed from the inside out. Like, they took a bunch of different use cases that I'm pretty sure – no one really wanted it's because it kind of has budgeting. <laughs> it has the ability to pay people. Like you can kind of just sit in a room and convince yourself, like all people want to do this. And I'm like, I don't think anyone wants any of these things together. So that one, I, I think, I think you reposted uh, 
what is it like the Google thing where like it, the end of life Google thing? It's like that didn't. I feel like Google Pay that would that did not get off to a good start. That is a lot of features no. that people are. It's going to be a ghost town, I think. And like no one really wants yeah, a, well, a lot of those they, things. They just look. Yeah, I'm sure they just looked at what what are all the financial apps that Cote uses? And they're like, oh, there's 37 things here. We'll pull them into one and do a shitty job on all of them. All right, but I wanted to bring up one specific use case. I believe this is the classic inside-out uh, product management. Like one of the use cases they spend a lot of time talking about is like, say you go to dinner with a bunch of friends and you want to split the check. So they show that how you can essentially, one person can request you know, money from all the parties actually uh, at dinner and they can pay back. And I'm like, I believe this use case does not exist at all because if you need to do it, you could split it with the credit cards or if it's just one other person, usually it's like, Hey, I'll buy it this time. You get the next one. Right? So it's like this idea that there's lots of people who are sitting at dinner together who've been unable to split the check efficiently over the, <laughs> all of human history. And they finally solved it. And we're all going to use Google that was pay. Probably it's like a startup. But I mean, but it is. It's like why? Like this problem does not exist. This is not a problem anyone actually has, right? And if, if there's so many ways to solve it, but they would go. It was a very painstaking little demo about. Oh, this is how you collect money from everyone, and it's like this doesn't happen. That's just not a problem. It's it's not a real problem in the real world. It's a problem that exists only if you're trying to invent something that you can build a payment structure around. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I I think I think I think. So two things. One, exactly where I was going. It's it's like monitoring and everything is like, I guess, and I think this can apply broadly to most large organizations I probably encounter and talk with, is it's like business innovation is fine. They just need to like uh, remove the calcified software stack they have so they can actually do something yeah, like, well, like at, at, a, at a fast <laughs> enough rate. And so, and so like, you know, it, it, you, what you goes back to what you're trying to do is just like, you just need to get better at doing software because your software okay. sucks. Okay. And I think, uh, you, you, you know, at the bottom of every single one of these financial apps that we just talked about, there's a big pile of AIX and there's some fax OCR ACH stuff happening yeah. that, you know, that's still there. The stuff we wrote in 1997, still there. Hey, it's me. This episode is brought to you by Teleport. Teleport is built by engineers for engineers and provides consolidated access to all computing resources such as servers, Kubernetes clusters, or internal applications across all environments. Teleport is quick to implement, easy to use, and allows you to secure your infrastructure such as servers, application, and data, gain complete visibility into access and behavior ensure compliance with security requirements watch a demo download the free version or sign up for cloud at goteleport.com again that's goteleport.com and of course thanks to teleport for sponsoring our show well uh next week uh good thing it's not this week because it's thanksgiving uh back in the states uh next week we got uh reinvent coming up that reminds me that you know no wonder someone was asking me to to uh, staff a virtual booth next oh. week. I, I agree. Now, now before we get to our 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 uh, annual predictions of what's going to be announced at AWS, what you've staffed a virtual booth, right, Matt Ray? Now, if I remember <laughs> your review of it, what I can basically do is take the day off. Is that right? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe, may, maybe the VMware booth will be hopping. You know, maybe everyone at uh, if you're staffing the AWS booth at reInvent, they're all going to be knocking down your doors and ask how they can, you know, run some some pivotal software on their VMware on their AWS. But uh, my experience was it was kind of quiet. And, and then of course, like the, they were like, don't. Now, when somebody enters your your virtual lot booth or whatever, don't just rush them. And they're like, "All right, so when do I go and you know say hi? Do I wait for them? You know." So, first time I tried reaching out to everybody who showed up at the booth, I got about a quarter of the people were like, "Hello," you know. And wait, then they does, just, does that does that mean like sending them an IM or something? Yeah, yeah, just like, "Hey, welcome to the VMware booth. How you doing?" Right. And then the other and then the, the other one was like, you know, just wait for them to ask a question. I think the engagement was even less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so you know, maybe maybe you could just put like a streaming Tanzu talks in the background or something. So everyone who shows up is gonna get some content. But it's like ugh, virtual booths are weird. Yeah. Maybe you need like a conversation starter, like in a real booth where someone walks up, you try to find some kind of way to like well, make yeah, a connection. But you don't just have like, that. You know, like what? I see you have two E's in your username. I mean, come on. That'd be, yeah. that'd, that'd be a good one. I really like. I really like your username. It's it's, it's been great seeing you here. I don't know. I've li- I don't have any idea. Maybe just you know some uh, some random stuff. Yeah, you, ha- yeah. you having fun? How's this going? I will say though, if you have some good swag, I mean, there was some good swag. We talked about that last week. CNCF. Maybe just you know put that out there. Yeah. Like, make sure to maybe you can do that. Like, hey, make sure to check out the link to the free O'Reilly books or the. Uh, are you giving away your book, Kotei? Maybe give away your book. Sure, sure. Cote yeah. pizza. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There you go. I think that would <laughs> be right, good. All right. Well, I'll I'll have to get own reinvent booth. I'll I'll have I'll have to do a, a little review there. So what? Uh, so Matt Ray, oh, what, no. what what? Give me some broad topics here. What do you think? What do you think is going to be happening next week at the AWS? <sighs> Brandon, I think this is the year. I think they're going to talk multi-cloud. Multi-cloud, this is it. That's on my list. This is it. (laughs) Is is it finally going to happen? For real? It might as well, man. Everyone else is doing it. So will they? I have this as a question. I put it in my my prediction here. So I think they will talk about multi-cloud. My question is, will they acknowledge GCP in Azure by name in a a neutral way? Just to say, we support... We support no, 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 multi-cloud no. like GCP and Azure, and then they move on to the next thing. Will they even speak the name? Will they say hyperscaler? Will there be any reference at all to these their, those comp- competitors? No, I, I think it'll be more more passive-aggressive where they'll be like, we support multi-cloud. Ingress from other clouds is free. Anything leaving stays the same, right? And then you're like, so, you know. And then they'll be like, and we have some better import tools for pulling data out of other systems. Okay. Right? right. So it's totally just like, oh yeah, we support multi-cloud as long as we're the destination. Right. And maybe so, but I think they will have a lot of emphasis though on the potential hybrid cloud scenario. It's like, oh, they'll spend a lot of time talking. If you have a data center today, oh yeah, yeah. You need, so that, that'll be like a strong the, the emphasis VMware. on yeah. that, right? Followed by I, I, I'm with you. I don't even. I don't think. Uh, uh, Andy even says GCP or Azure. I don't think he can say it no, in like a no, positive no, no. way. No. I don't think he can say he, so. Maybe I, just a tacit acknowledgement. If, if he mentions anybody, it's to throw dirt on Oracle. Right. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I mean, he could say something bad about all of them. I get that, and I do believe that that's of course going to be the first part. The first part will be, 
hey, it's great to have all the builders here at AWS reInvent. We're excited to have you back, right? Followed by some, maybe some dad rock, you know, a little bit of that. And then he'll go through the numbers and say, and the numbers will be something like, we are as big as the next two combined, AWS, GCP, right? I think he'll say oh, something like that. Say <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the only way. He may say that, but then they move on. But I do think this is the year because everything is as has some kind of multi cloud solution, right? You know, everyone, but, 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 everyone's but out even there. Then, he, he wouldn't say the next two. He'd say the next seven, right? Just to lump those those two other big players in with the other chumps. Right. I, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> that, I was thinking that maybe he does. Always, that's pretty good. Know, he always has to be, be, you know, demean the the second and third place, right? He has to lump them with seven and eight, right? He's like, you know, Azure and, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think who's way down in the weeds, you know. Um, well, it's just Oracle, yeah. IBM. I mean, it's not. The, I mean, you can't really yeah. get too much further than that at that point, right? And <laughs> not that yeah, many weeks. Uh, yeah, Rackspace Cloud, right? <laughs> He'll lump them in with that, right? But there uh, could be it, this could be a kinder, gentler reinvent because there are no, ki- there are no, like partnerships now with all of them. Obviously, like IBM, I know is of course not Red Hat, but of course there's the OpenShift, and they're like you know that's a an area that, that they acknowledge. That not, they acknowledge AWS. there's OpenShift in the world. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But AWS's mo for for partnership is to talk about the people bringing them business, and everyone else is to get beat up on. This is true. This is generally true. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're gonna do that. So I think you're right. I think they did. So so how will he say it? So you said it earlier, Matt. I just, you'll say something like he'll say something to the effect is we allow ingress from other cloud providers. Like you think he'll say that? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. They'll 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 do something to make it easier to bring more stuff to AWS by acknowledging that other clouds exist as a source of content for AWS. Okay. Yeah, because because I, I think I think if you ask Alexis what egress is, she'll say I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So there's that part, and then I ex- I expect the typical uh, like speeds and feeds updates around compute, network, and storage. Something like the network is faster than ever. There's more storage than ever. And what about this, Maz? This is this is for you and me and Cotable Zone out, I'm sure. Like what about like a new ARM processor? You know, something like uh, uh, uh like a, yeah, a know, new Graviton three been... kind of thing? Nothing? Um when when did Graviton two come out? Has it been I don't know. It hasn't been that long, so I thought maybe it, it, it's too early. You for know, that. but but the thing is, they might they might try to you know uh, pick up on Apple's coattails on that. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I was you know talking to somebody about uh, uh, you know about the MacBook Air. You know, the new MacBook Air is what twice as fast as you know the the previous MacBook Pro from a month ago. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just ridiculous, and so. Um, I could totally see them. That's what I thought. Like there could be some time, like, you know, you want to pile yeah, in on yeah. this they, arm they, hype, right? Get on this arm chip hype. They're going to pile in on the arm hype because okay. they've got a considerable investment on it and they need people to, you know, to adopt it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, All I, right. so we can I, mean, I, 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 I think you'll, you'll just be able to get a, they'll have a Mac mini clouds, right? Isn't there a Mac mini with one of these new chips in it? There is just a like, Mac mini cloud. Yeah. All right, well, then, Coach, I'll bring like, you back in. Bring you back in like, on fi- the... Finally, you can do your cloud-run video games as running on a Mac Mini and delivered through the browser loophole, except that would be a classic Amazon thing to be like, we just bought a bunch of Apple stuff to subvert Apple. I like it. Uh, it'd be, <laughs> be wonderful. All right, well, now what about this? This last one is just more like, I, I don't think this can happen, but I think this is maybe the, the comment next was like, back to this whole idea of developer experience. So typically, Amazon is always like just more services, Tons of new stuff, 
hard to even read all the blog posts, but do you think, is this the year that they try to focus in more on like, I, I, the metaphor here is like editing versus writing, right? Whereas the Amazon, it's always just like more, 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 right? And there's not a lot of editing. It just sits out there. So do they kind of start to edit this and say, hey, we're, we're, we don't, instead of giving you three options to do everything, we're really going to start to like pare these down to make it even simpler to you. Or is it just Andy up there just firing away service after service? I, I don't think you, you change change what, what got you here. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think it's just going to be just uh, yeah. lots of – and then, of course, there's going to be something that we can't even envision. Like every year it's something weird. Like one year it was satellites, like satellite base yeah, stations. Yeah. Maybe people really uh, knew know, that, knew nothing about it. Um, and then there you know, was the – China China just launched a, a moon lander that's going to be bringing back some samples. They're going to need some cloud services to, to analyze those samples. Yeah, so I just predict <laughs> one random thing that we've never – we can't even – we don't even know of people who've ever asked for it. But they'll be like, and yes. this thing for telcos or financial companies, and we're like – have no mm-hmm. idea what they're talking about or why you would need that. Jeff Bezos getting some synergy with Blue Origin. They're going to be offering rocket flights. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Uh, it's the uh, the Exo Cloud. You know, it's, yes. it's for a yes. zero G cloud. That, and and uh, that you know the the partner with the Starlink uh, for to get that big bandwidth going. It's all coming together. Does Amazon get along with Tesla? I have no yeah. idea. No, you're billionaires, people. Come on. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe maybe it'll be. Uh, they haven't talked about their uh, VDI stuff in a long time. Their virtual oh. desktop thing. Maybe that. <laughs> and don't they have like a Slack competitor? They have a whole like suite. Chime. Yeah, Chime. Yeah, I can see this. Yeah. And what about I don't know the developer tools because they did announce that uh, the IDE a while back. So I don't I don't know. That feels like maybe that just gets its normal update. You know, just something new. I don't. I can't. I can't see them being having much emphasis on that. It's not exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would, I, I don't know. I think what would excite me is is if they start, if someone said something like, hey, we've looked over the console. There's a lot of stuff in there. And it's getting kind of confusing. So we've really rethought some of these things. And we're going to – and and we're trying to really rationalize it all. So that you don't have to look at three different things when you're trying to decide uh, what thing you should do. How, how about this? Open up a console SDK so you, people can write their own. Oh, oh. Oof. What? Yeah, that will never happen. I think that would be cool. <laughs> I mean, I so, like, so what you're the, saying, what you're saying, Brandon, is there's a chance for streamlining. Yes, oh, all these in the console, things. in the AWS console, I think there's great opportunity yeah. for streamlining. I, I, yeah, I but, feel but like. What if they open that up to like you know, hey, we're gonna let startups compete on this, and maybe you know someone will write a new AWS console. That would be cool. Yeah. Well, that's gonna yeah. be the other thing. What um. What startup will be immediately destroyed by an announcement? Well, they'll be like, oh, we just we just implemented this entire thing and you don't need that startup anymore. Is there any like maybe it's probably some AI startup I'm not familiar with. They're probably going to get, you know, some Are there algorithms. any databases that haven't had their feet stepped on? Mm, I think yeah. the databases feel like they've pretty like monitoring feels like that's pretty. They've got a lot of the monitoring stuff. So I don't know. Someone is going to get probably, probably there'll probably, be. Yeah, there, there, there'll be some more monitoring observability like love, you know, to, to just be like, why would you use anything else? Right. And I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll just, you know, turn the cranks on, on their competition with different monitoring tools. Do they have a good ALM tool? Mm, That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe it will be that. So, well, for everyone that wants to watch along with us, so I looked it up. So the keynote is uh, it's on Tuesday, December 1st, it's at nine 30 Austin Central Time, so everyone will have to do their own math to figure out what it is. It looks like right now they have it in for three and a half hours. So 
we got to think that's two and a half hours of content. And then, you know, they, and the chance to go to the bathroom during the uh, customer presentation sections is what I think. So that's, that's what, uh, Sweet it's a lot though. I, I will, I mean, but you know, in the past I'd say, wow, that's really long. We'll never use all that time. It's like, no, if history is any guide, they will use every moment of that. And it will be very hard to keep up with all the services that are announced. So, so you're going to be watching it live, right, Brandon? You, I'm going to try. That's a lot. Things. That's a lot during the day. I don't know. I'm going to try to watch as much as I can. And and then you do some live slacking during it. Yeah, as, we'll be in the slack talking about it for sure. Oh. And then, you know, again, the band. What about the band? Do you think because it's virtual this year? It is three weeks, by the way. The whole conference is now three weeks. So, will they have the live uh, AWS house band, or will that was that a casualty of the pa- a pandemic? No, no, you still have them still have them they'll be like you know streaming from seattle right and then they'll be in some you know random stage or something I maybe maybe that. they'll uh maybe yeah this would be fun well i don't know but you could you could hire like a dj or whatever they're nowadays you know because they're all remote right so you could just have a dj and then you could have it'd be like the super bowl you could have like three different acts that just did like one thing instead of having to pay for like one band to come out to do everything because you know they just have to do a little performance here and there, and and also you know they have plenty of money to pay for things. Well, or or they could just be like, you know what, we're gonna bring out a different band every interstitial, and we'll have somebody play thirty seconds of their latest hit. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, ask Alexa to play you more. Yeah, yeah. They're like, all right, uh, here's Beyonce for thirty seconds. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> Uh, or maybe you know they could they could you know uh, get the roots or something from Jimmy Fallon. You know they're they're still working. Today's show is sponsored by StrongDM. Working from home, managing a gazillion SSH keys, database passwords, and Kubernetes certs. Meet StrongDM. Manage and audit access to servers, databases, and Kubernetes clusters, no matter where your employees are. With StrongDM, easily extend your identity provider to manage infrastructure access. Automate onboarding, offboarding, and moving people within roles with the click of a button. Trusted by companies like Hearst, Peloton, and SoFi to manage access, you have more control and less hassle. StrongDM. Manage and audit remote access to infrastructure. Start your free 14-day trial today at strongdm.com sdt, all uppercase. Again, that's strongdm.com sdt. No credit card required. And of course, we thank StrongDM for sponsoring our show. All right. Well, leftover from last week is uh, there were two surveys. I don't think we'll have there's a there's a whole new one from Datadog as well. But I I spent some time looking over the CNCF. Uh, I forget what they call it. Let me look it up. CNCF Survey 2020, and uh, also the Puppet Labs people, who are the original DevOps report people, as you may recall, they came out with one. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll go over the DevOps report as part of my. Uh, I got to do you know a, a Tanzu talk daily tomorrow. Maybe I should go over that there. Anyhow, I just had three things. Look, I got video here. Three things I wanted to go over in the CNCF thing. There's other other stuff in there, but one, what I'm going to do here is because we got video to work, I'm going to hold it up so that you two and other people can see it. <laughs> it's all it's just <laughs> overpoweringly bright. So oh, there we go. There's some pie. Got some beautiful pie charts there. The middle highlight is that the majority of respondents. 56% came from software technology organizations. And then there was 9% from financial services and blah, blah. So blah, listen, blah. I, I always sound like I'm being a party pooper when I talk, whenever I talk about survey demographics. But I think when you look at this information in the survey, it's r- important to remember, you could say over half or half, let's be charitable, that, that around half 
You know, whenever people say around, they never mean 56. They mean 49 when you're talking about 50, right? Have you ever noticed that? They would say over, I guess. But around half are like tech companies, right? So you got to like shade your like what's happening outside of the tech company world with that, which is fine. But you just sort of like keep that in mind when you're reading to it, right? So that way when you go to like, you know, your uh, your retail pharmacy place that's all freaked out because Amazon's going to do mail order pharmacy stuff now, they're not exactly represented here, uh, you know, perfectly. So then the other chart, which I thought was fun. Let me see if I remember. Uh, so here, can can y'all see this one? <laughs> Dude, we can't see out. it. It's just... It's, oh, oh, yeah. It's you have to good. look in the stream. In good. the stream, it works. No, in another, the stream works. Another great... Uh, oh, wait. The stream works. Oh. Yeah, see, in the uh, stream. I got the stream turned off. So yeah. basically, <laughs> basically what this show... Oh, wow. Look at that. See? It's a much better camera. It's, it's showing that, like, over time... Uh, people don't have, you know, the amount of like automated releases of CD that people do has like decreased a little bit and has always been around like 40% or so. And, uh, you know, one always, I, I'm just extrapolating from this, but like we always talk about CICD and of course that, you know, bimodal IT is bad. You have to mention that as well. Uh, but I think maybe this idea of uh, uh, automatically deploying to production even when you have 56% of the people reporting from the uh, the tech world, you know, they don't all do it, right? Like it's some of it's it's uh, it seems like people enjoy having human manual intervention to push their builds out. It's Not like everyone. Final gate. Yeah. 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 And so humans want to gatekeep. Right. Right. Which is not to dismiss the idea of continuous delivery or deployment. I get them mixed up and I don't give a fuck, right? Also lead time, cycle time, just go crazy, right? Like with, you know, how you separate those things out there. But like, it, it is, uh, it, do, it does go to show that probably there will be like a manual gate check in doing many of the releases out there and not this yeah. ideal uh, CD thing, which, which is fine. And then the, fi the final one to point out here we go. Y'all, you have to look at the stream or you won't be able All to right. see it. Let me see. Container challenges. Uh, and it's basically like, what are your challenges deploying containers? Please select all that apply. <laughs> now, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful bar chart. When, when, I, when I look at these, uh, basically, my main conclusion was like computers, right? Like it's all kind of the same stuff that you would have problems with anything. Now, there was another one. That's basically uh, complexity is the number one at 41%, which I'm not sure what that means, right? Like, like I mean, complexity is just like, you know, shit's hard. Uh, <laughs> so, that, but I think, I think you know, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this in a snarky way, but if, if you were to look at all of these categories of things that are challenges, it really is just like, let me see if there's actually anything that is particular to containers. There's service mesh. So that's kind of particular, but yeah. most everything else is just like, ah, oh, fuck, I got to learn a new thing. <laughs> but, but service mesh doesn't want to be hard just to containers. It wants to be hard to everything else too. Yeah. And, and I guess arguably, so some of the other things here are, uh, monitoring, networking, storage, right? Yeah. So some of these things may not come up if it's like, you know, I've got a really good string parser library. Let's do a survey about the problems people have with it, right? Like networking. Where are we going to store gonna those strings? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But in general, it's just, you know, and, and I, I more started thinking about these kind of uh, responses in a, um, 
uh, a positive light where it's basically like everyone always complains about how they can't hire the, the, the right people. They can't get the skills. And it feels like every single error, the same, I'll show it again. <laughs> the same bar chart shows up whenever there's new technology. And yet somehow we manage to get over it, right? Like we just yeah. learn new stuff and it's fine. And it's really just like whenever you swap over using a new technology, like, you know, got to learn it. And, so, and it's so, also, so, it has a lot of complexity. Uh, so so the question is, is there, are there hidden questions or are there hidden answers there that, um, first off, we can't even hire people to do this. And so that, that's like the number one thing that would have been there, but it's not there because they didn't ask it. And then the second thing is, um, has everything gotten so easy that now we're just looking for things to complain about? Yeah, yeah. Well, well there are, you know, since, since we're diving into it, let me bring it up again. There is, if you look at that last one, there's a few things that are interesting. So if you look at the last one, finding vendor support, uh, that, okay. that, is, that is dead last for a problem ranked at 5%. Now, there are two ways you could think of that. One uh, we vendors have been doing our job and you can find it. Yeah, that, that's right? totally what it is. Yeah, or or uh, more depressing is it could be that like, oh, I didn't even think to look. Uh, or I've so, given up on my vendors. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> that, that is- My an vendors are hopeless. So that is an interesting one that's, you know, again, probably also indicative of like, you know, you got a huge amount from tech companies who traditionally don't pay for anything, right? And then also it's- uh, it's developer driven and all open source based, right? So, and it is, I don't know, there's there's somewhere in here that kind of draws, I didn't go over the containers in production. That stuff is is kind of interesting, but that's kind of an interesting one to look at and, as, and to kind of think about. And then also there is, uh, I guess in a positive way, let me bring it up again here. See, this is fun. We're now gonna do video again, probably. Uh, <laughs> but you can see reliability uh, by my math, uh, what would you call it? 88% of people say reliability is not a problem. Yeah, quality is no problem. Yeah, so there you go. So that's uh, that's nice. That's, uh, Software is great. Yeah. Which... Now, now, the second ranking one at 41% people saying is a problem was cultural changes with slash development. Now, that's kind of interesting. Like, I always wonder, like, if we were to go back uh, to 2004? If there were surveys about virtualization, if people were complaining about culture, like if if like culture or process was a big issue when it came to going from physical to virtual, and therefore if culture is always a problem, like I don't know, maybe going from C to Java, big cultural problems uh, could be. <laughs> like, yeah, we've always been at war with culture. But that that is that is uh, you know I mean that's another thing that's important because it, it kind of like it's a little as I wrote on my note what's this mean question mark because uh, I know how punctuation works but it is it is a little like it does kind of push that issue of like oh so what are the cultural changes uh, that need to happen to just like use containers uh, yeah I went well like like speaking of you know use containers uh, the Datadog put out there. 11 facts about real world container use mm. and uh you know there's there's some expected stuff in there um but uh i i think i think just the the kind of the obvious things that um you know the obvious things that we need to uh 
to point out is uh, the, the number one thing is Kubernetes runs in half of container environments. Um, Kubernetes has won, so uh, uh, that's that's not surprising. And not only has Kubernetes won, um, we see that 90% of orchestrated uh, nodes or 90% of containers are orchestrated, which means you know they're not just throwing up a Docker instance anymore. Um, and then, of course, uh, everybody using uh, Kubernetes on uh, the various clouds, they use the native ones. You know, they don't roll their own. So people are just kind of leaning into that, let Kubernetes do it for me, let my cloud do it for me. Yeah, I do think, you know, Matt, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago around the third-party registry. So sounds like half, at least half the people are doing, have their everything in their own registry. So I don't, I don't know. I think I was the one that was unsure if people do that. So it sounds like half the people are doing the right yeah, thing. Yeah, just... Just enjoy your cloud and all the bounties that it brings you. And then, you know, as we <laughs> talked about um, AWS already, so it, it's interesting that one in three AWS container environments runs on Fargate. So clearly people yeah. want everything to be managed. So, you know, I guess, I don't know, Fargate, I guess it's always a little confusing to me, but essentially it's the management of ECS or EKS for you. So I don't, I don't think there's anything that surprising, but, you know, just people want uh, the cloud provider to do more. Right, they don't. They want to yeah. do less around Kubernetes, which I think is. I think we all understand that. I mean, that that's easy to understand well, why they'd be doing that. The the and the, the only question I kind of had was it says uh, the most popular Kubernetes version is seventeen months old, and I think that's. Does that mean that one of those major those major cloud providers is running a seventeen month old release, or you know that that was kind of a question for me, but maybe I'm going to throw this out there. Maybe Kubernetes releases too fast. Hello from Twilio. Today's show is sponsored by Twilio. Businesses all over the world right now are trying to reinvent how they connect with the world. Whether you're delivering packages, treating patients, or running a global customer support center, your customers need you to invent new ways to stay connected. Twilio is the platform that millions of developers trust to build seamless communications experiences with phone calls, text messages, video calls, and more. Whatever your use case, Twilio has your back. It's time to build. Visit Twilio.com to learn more. And of course, we thank Twilio for sponsoring our show. Well, I just have a, a small update on my ongoing defaults lifestyle on the iPad. Now, I used the iPad earlier, you know, to show you all some stuff. I, I'm still going strong. Everything's fine. I have two small things that I think people should know. One, if you, uh, I won't demo it, but like if, if you got the, 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 the new pencil and you just hold it down on the screen and it automatically brings up a new note that you can write in. Did I talk about how the Apple Scribble stuff is awesome? You did. That works really well. Yeah. Now, the second thing is if you're, if uh, you probably know this, Brandon, but if you're trying to live the, the Apple One lifestyle, you're going to be using Apple Music. Now, I, there's two things I figured out about Apple Music. One, uh, it's a little fiddly about streaming versus not streaming. You got to go in and figure something out. Whereas Spotify is just like, eat up that bandwidth. Like it doesn't really care. So I, I think I figured out how to finally tell it that like, yes, when I'm not on Wi-Fi and I want to play music, I'm a goddamn fucking adult. Play the music, right? Like don't, <laughs> don't, don't cheap out with my data. And then two, I don't know. Well, I don't know about you two, but my feeling in music listening is that the shuffle feature should basically not exist. Like I do yeah. I don't ever want my music shuffled, right? And maybe I, I, I might let you shuffle an artist, 
but that's yeah, about yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I want, I want to have to go like three deep in some slider options to even do shuffling. I don't want to do it because inevitably, shuffling is just turned on, and I'm trying to listen to some music, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm expecting this next <laughs> song, and it doesn't happen. Chapter and, seven of an audiobook. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm already, I'm already like five minutes late picking my kids up from school. Do I really stop the bike? I mean, what's going on here? And so. I found out, you know, the interface for Apple Music can be a little weird. Like, you know, as you know this, right, Brandon? When you, you're playing a song, there's almost this hidden view that if you tap on the song playing, like let's say you're in a playlist, then you're playing a song, you tap on the song playing, this opens up a whole other view that, that is of the song, and then there's this little bulleted list that you tap on, and then that shows you this whole other view of your history of things you've listened to and the music that's coming up next. And it's very confusing. Whereas in Spotify land, if you're in a playlist, it's just like currently playing this song in the playlist and that's it. Mm. Now, well, I, I don't know. I got to say maybe my, this is my rudimentary use of the music app and this is why maybe I'm happy with it. I often just go to one of the playlists, whatever I'm feeling and actually do use shuffle. So on oh, the playlist, come on. on the playlist. Well, yeah, sh shuffle on a playlist. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what, what I saying. do. I just sort I, of like I might do it on, on, on an artist. That's all I do. I, on... You can do that too, but I just like yeah. most of the time, I'm just like I don't really want to think about this. I no, pick a playlist no. yeah, yeah. and I hit shuffle no. and but, I'm but, done. But not, and, I don't, and actually, all the things Cote went through. I don't click on. I'm I like I don't really care what's playing. Like if I don't like it, I just sit. I just sit next. There's no, no, I don't do any no. further investigation of what is or is not uh, playing. So that, no. again, that's why I'm very happy with it. It's just, it's just no. two or three invalid. bucks to me. That's, that's invalid. <laughs> Your opinions are invalid. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know. I thought there might even be a case for shuffle where I'm trying to like discover new music, right? Where, where you go to a list of things that people put together. But then once I list... The problem is once I listen to a list of music, my brain anticipates what that next song is going to be. And if it's not that next song that I know it's there, it's but do just you not like, use like uh, I have an episode. Do you not use any of the curated? Because I think the curated playlists are basically a, a form of shuffle anyway. And then you're just like, well, rather than just hearing the same five songs in the same in a row, like I'll just yeah, let it. Yeah. I kind of let I, it just I, do I, its thing. Yeah, I have been looking at them now. Now, I might like it because I found that too deep hidden view that shows you what you've already listened to. Because the problem is if you have a curated list of music and you listen to it and you're like, oh, I like that song that was too back. And then if the way that it does it, if you're on shuffle, you can't like find out what it was if there's like 300 yeah. songs in here. But now that I know how to find this secret history view, maybe that'll work out. I don't know. I just I don't like shuffle. That's that's all I got to say about that. So. <laughs> But you know the the uh, the iPad lifestyle is going good, especially with the keyboard. Man, once you have the keyboard, it's, things are pretty magical. Uh, it it uh, it's nice. It's good stuff. So, do we have any uh, uh, bureaucracy for this episode, Brandon? Yeah, a couple uh, a couple items here. I wanted to call out one. I sent some stickers to Rex in Ann Arbor. So thanks for him for writing in. Also sent some stickers to Christian in Switzerland. So thank you for uh, to him for writing in. So if any of you, uh, the listeners would like a sticker, all you have to do is send me your postal address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com, and I will be happy to send you a sticker anywhere in the world. Also, Kote wanted to uh, – we got a couple. Uh, you asked for some recommendations of uh, iPad uh, photo apps. The winner mm -hmm. seemed to be this Affinity Photo. I've not used it. Yes. Multiple people wrote in. They said this is what you need. So – 
you'll have to uh, test it out and report back whether or not it. Uh, I I, uh, I I used it today to make the uh, the cover art for today's Tanzu Talk available at tanzutalk.com. And uh, I think it worked out pretty well. I think I think it'll work. It's good. It did what I wanted. All right. Good job. Right. So good job, listeners. You satisfied, Kote. And the other thing I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on here, just that, you know, uh, your podcast player, you know, maybe we, we put sometimes we put chapter markers in there. Sometimes we do cover at art. The other thing I, I don't know, maybe people don't know about it is that we actually have a software defined talk newsletter and the newsletter is essentially it just sends you all the show notes. So if you would oh. like to get the newsletter, I thought I'd let everyone know. Just go to softwaredefinedtalk.com, sign up for it. Kote sent it set it up for us. So if you want to get a note that the show's released and all these links in your inbox, great. Uh, if you just prefer to have them on the web, of course they're on the web. So you can check all of those things out. I love me some newsletters. Mm, yes. Uh, so this week, Matt Ray, what do you have to recommend? Ah, yes. So, um, I, uh, I was, was checking out this, uh, YouTube video called, uh, building a DIY. DIY screen out of recycled parts for cheap <laughs> for building your own laptop, uh, building a external monitor from an old laptop. And uh, I ordered my parts off Alibaba and I got it to work. And, you know, I, I had my, my son had an old busted uh, ThinkPad, you know, it wouldn't power up. So I, I scavenged it for parts, but the screen was okay. And I got it to work. It was kind of awesome. And uh, the sad thing is I was trying to, put it into like a picture frame and separate it out of its uh, plastic Lenovo case and I broke it. <laughs> so easy come, easy go. Uh, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure I'm not done. I, I've got other dead laptops to uh, to save. So at some point I will have an external monitor made from recycled laptop parts. <laughs> That's my pick. Do you, do you ever do you ever buy from wish.com? Uh, I haven't bought from them in many years, right? I, I, I mean, I, I think, I don't know, or maybe I'm thinking of like Woot. Yeah, it's it's yeah. been a long time. Yeah. Well, as so, so my son has want has ordered two things from there. One, there's this game called Ark. I don't know if that's something people know about, but he wanted a necklace. And then the second thing he wanted yesterday was this Nerf gun mask, you know. And uh, you go to Wish.com. And it looks like basically they've taken all of the drop shippers and Alibaba stuff and yeah. put it in one place. And so you're scrolling and you're like, ooh, look, knock off Legos. Here's a power drill. Here's like, <laughs> you know, a necklace for a video. You're like, whoa, what just happened there? And it really is just like a bizarre mix of, well, it's a yeah. bizarre, but it is. I, I, I really like shopping on AliExpress because there's so many, so many like random uh companies and they all have names like um this is not a joke i i bought i bought the uh, lcd controller from like yNjyzw like <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> but you know what showed up in a week so i don't care right and it was like 15 bucks from china it's huh. awesome yeah sounds like a deal well how about yourself brandon what do you have to recommend uh, just something very simple today. I uh, picked up this, uh, I guess it's called the uh, Chef Man 1.8 liter electric glass kettle with removable tea infuser. It's a long name for just a nice electric kettle that makes me make, uh, allows me to make iced tea very quickly. So all this working from home, I drink a lot of iced tea. So it's just very easy to make a pitcher of iced tea. You just throw the water in there, your tea of choice, 
you just click it on, it automatically turns off when it gets, uh, when it's all boiled and then it can, you know, brew as long as you want and, uh, you can pour yourself a nice uh, glass of iced tea. So very simple. Uh, I'm sure, you know, everyone, uh, around the rest of the world, iced tea is not a thing. So I'm sure you could probably make oh. regular proper tea in it if, if you wanted as well, but I've mm. never done that. So, uh, if, if you are someone that needs a kettle, uh, check that one out. And of course, sold at Costco. I might need to look that up because I do enjoy Man, I haven't had an iced tea in a long time. Now, now, how much iced tea do you say you drink in a day, Brandon? Mm, I don't know. Lately, I mean, quite a bit. Probably like four glasses. <laughs> uh, 1.8 liters? Four or five <laughs> glasses, I, I think. I think I tend to just sort of have it. Like a lot of people have water, you know, their big water bottle. I'm at home yeah. now. I'll just like make make a iced tea. I'll just have like the iced tea kind of sitting next to me throughout the day. That's kind of what I'll drink. Now Instead here's here's what I here's what I know. Is that healthy to drink that much iced tea? I mean, like like we're, we're talking about four pints basically, right? I don't know. I hope so. Hopefully it's not bad. <laughs> I, I mean I mean I mean I, I think it's just green tea in there. You'll be all you'll be fine. I think it's probably fine. Well I don't know. I, I mean just, you have to I like I mean sure. of course we should all just drink water and eat healthy vegetables all the time. So once you've admitted yeah, yeah. you're not doing that, it's like, well, it's not for sodas, it's not yeah. for alcoholic drink. It's like, well, it's just you know Throughout the day, I drink know. a lot of iced tea. Seems like iced a fair trade-off. It's really good. And you probably have ice that comes right up out of your refrigerator, too. Of course. Of course. Yes. So as much ice what as What a I world. Want. What a world. I listened to a song today, speaking of playlists, that Rufus Wainwright song where he's complaining about having to travel all the time. And uh, I was thinking, like, how ironic now that that song would be uh, a very liberating song that people are going after, complaining about being on trains and planes all the time. They They would love it. Uh, well, my recommendation, I have one recommendation and then and then a, a, a follow-up. So I use this app. I'm not going to hold up my iPad again. I, I won't subject people to that. But I use this app called uh, PDF Expert as my uh, PDF reader on my uh, iPhone and, and uh, iPad and in my lifestyle. And I used to read an app called um, Good Reader, which is very yep. clunky, but it would synchronize your notes I don't want to say perfectly, but as well as one could hope, right? Like, but so I started using PDF Expert because everyone's always on about the this company that makes it. And one, it's much nicer design, not as clunky. And two, as always, for some reason, well, I'm going to get to this, but for some reason, if you're synchronizing with Dropbox, these apps are always a little mysterious, right? Like if it's working and what you should be doing. But and maybe this is some follow-up from another time, I'm, I'm pretty rapidly switching over from Dropbox to iCloud, just moving all my stuff. And it turns out, if you're just using iCloud, it all works perfectly and instantly, and you don't have to think about it. It's pretty amazing, you know, all fully integrated. So if you're using PDF Expert with iCloud, you can just, like, edit your PDFs and not edit them, but you can read them and write on them like I was showing, and uh, it works very well, and everything will be synchronized. And uh, and it's perfect, and you can set that up now. As my follow up, I think uh, was it last week I recommended that dithering podcast. I, f- I forget what happened, but I think I did. You did, but uh, I've listened to almost all of them, and they're great. They're that's uh, it, I mean, even though the news is super old, by the time I'm listening to the old <laughs> ones, they're uh, yeah, like I said last time, they're relaxing, and uh, it's fun to hear them talk about like things, and it uh, it makes me nostalgic just for like you know. Uh, the good old days of just talking about random nonsense with people. And uh, it's nice. 
it's it's fun. So you should definitely uh, you have to pay for it, but I don't know. If you listen to this, you probably have money, and you should go buy stuff from all of our sponsors. So on that note, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to find the show notes for this episode, you should go to uh, softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 273. And also, if you've listened this far, sometime in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a uh, Ask Me Anything or Ask Us Anything I don't know what that would spell uh, episode where we will answer the questions that you have asked that we have selected and not answered questions. We did not select. So <laughs> you can, uh, however it is you want to send them to us, you can send them. We also have a channel in, in Slack uh, that's like AMA 2020. You can put things there. And uh, with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You want to see my iPad some more?